Next on MLR Weekly, New England Free Jacks head coach Scott Matthew and NCR College Rugby Playoff Preview with Zach Landing, Brian Ray of America's Rugby News, and John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning. Yeah. Rugby Wrap-Ups MLR Weekly brought to you by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig & Whistle, New York City, the world's best rugby pub. And Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Presented by Rugby Wrap-Up, Matt McCarthy in New York City. Thank you for joining us. You won't be disappointed because we have a great show. We have the head coach of the reigning Major League Rugby champion, New England Free Jacks, Scott Matthew. We have an NCR college playoff preview with Zach Lanning. And we have Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. But before we get to any of that, we have our recurring segment, Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick, in which John Fitzpatrick gives us rugby news around the league and whatnot. John, what do you got for us, and what are you doing? Sorry, Matt. My uh, ear pods, my iPod buds, or whatever they're called, are a little wet. They fell in the toilet a couple of moments ago, and I had to put them in my ears. Oh, so you're full of poop. <laughs> Okay, moving right along. What's the first order of business? Hey, man, we got to talk about MLR players who performed well for the men's Eagles over the weekend against Brazil. Speaking of, Joe Mano, in his Eagles debut, Matt scored one, two, three tries. How about that for the young Joe Mano? Yo, Joey Mano scoring three tries. That's fantastic. How you doing? Next! Yeah, how you doing? Speaking of the men's Eagles, the Utah Warriors... They re-signed prop Paul Mullen. Matt, I gotta ask you, have you ever heard Paul Mullen play the tin whistle? I, I have heard Paul Mullen do a lot of things. I have not heard him play the tin whistle yet, but he is a man from the Aaron Isles and one of my favorite people in the league. Whatever he says he can do, he can do three times as much. Next! Hey, let's move to Chicago where the Hounds have announced that they've re-signed USA eligible prop Mika Felix. Big fella, 5'10", 250 pounds. He's only 22 years old. He made five appearances for Chicago last season. And before that, in the 2022 season, he played for the USA Falcons. Felix the Cat, they call him, because he pounces on opposing ball carriers. A great re-signing and a, and a blossoming young talent. Next! Hey, how about Nola Gold? They've announced that they signed former Toronto Arrows tight head prop, Isaac Salmon. Matt, well, he's Salmon swimming downstream. I beat you to the joke. Yeah. Joke aside, yeah. great pickup for Nola. Another another hole to fill for you, for the Arrows. Next! But the Toronto Arrows, they have re-signed prop Lalani Falava. He was the Arrows' forward of the year in 2023. So all is not lost in the front row for the Arrows. Well, unless he's playing by himself, uh, you, there's three, there's two other guys that have to play in the front row with him. That's a that's a that's a that's a that's a problem. Next! Hey, Matt, speaking of reeling things in, the Miami Sharks, they've announced that they've signed Welsh international prop Rob Evans. That's fantastic. <laughs> ding, ding, indeed. 39 years old. You think there's still tread left on those tires? Certainly. Old props are like old wine. They just get better and better, and you got to drink them before they expire. Next! Yeah, I kind of like this show. It just keeps getting better and better. Let's move on. 
Last but not least, the Houston Sabercats. They have signed former rugby ATL hooker Keon Erasmus. Erasmus returns to Houston. He played about nine matches for them in the 2021 MLR season. But Matt, there's a little bit of brouhaha on rugby Twitter the past couple days. Will there officially be an MLR club in L.A. for the 2024 season? Well, now that the actors' strike is over, I would say the L.A. Extras will be in business. And that's not their official name. That's just a suggestion as per this show. Anything else? Matt, that is it. Let's root on the Men's Eagles as we'll take on Spain. It's been great to see them play Canada, but maybe next year. I hope they destroy Spain. You heard it here, right here. Let's go, America. Great win to build on against Brazil. Let's take it across the pond and beat Spain in their backyard. On that note, John, thank you, sir. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back after this. Digs like a demented mole there. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. You need your cleats? You need them tomorrow? If you order today by 3 p.m. New York time or noon L.A. time, they can have them to you tomorrow. Young, old, male, female, if you're playing on turf, if you're playing on grass, if you're playing in the rain, you're playing in the heat, they've got you covered. RugbyNow.com. Go there now. And we're back, and we're back with New England Free Jacks head coach Scott Matthews. Scott, welcome back to MLR Weekly. Oh, great to be back. Thanks, Matt. Uh, appreciate you having me on. I got to knock you down a notch because you are the head coach of the champion New England Free Jacks. How are you going to repeat, coach? <laughs> Man, I, look, uh, it's, a, it's a great feeling. I think I've really enjoyed this offseason uh, uh, after that after that success. But um, no, nah, I mean, we just start again. Eh? We just start again and we go through our processes and we try and enjoy each moment and get the right guys in the room. So I don't think anything changes from that, from that perspective. I'm not too focused on the, the big picture, more first game mentality and then next game mentality. So, so nothing really changes from our, how we do our process and stuff. I think we'll leave the the big picture worries and everyone talking about the all this other stuff to the media or the everyone else, I guess. You know, you're a rare breed here in this MLR because you won a championship and you're a returning coach, head coach of a championship team. This is a first because if I'm looking at Seattle winning two championships, they had coaching disarray and changes. Then you had LA and LA had a change in coach before they left the league. And then you had New York and they had a change in coach when they came back. You, sir, are the unicorn in MLR history (laughs) You are the first one uh, to come back as a winning head coach. No, like I, I, I've signed a contract with, with with New England initially for three years, and uh, I just like uh, when I started this gig. I've you know I don't necessarily always start gigs just for just for one offs and stuff like that. You know, there's always a plan in place, and I, I always like the idea of pioneering something and being involved in, in, in that sort of process and. Uh, generally a process takes takes a few years you know and we always spoke about three years initially and um it's so it's awesome for us stuff that, that it's that's everything that we've achieved uh, the trophy in the second year i mean that that's great but it, it's it's 
but that's a bonus. You know, it was always about continued, uh, being continued success, successful continuously, being always in the in the conversation at the end of the season. So, I, I just I just think if we can make an impact into that every year and and be up there in that conversation, and that's that's what it's about, and that's what gives me, uh, I guess, the juice to keep going and uh, keep enjoying what I'm doing. I guess. All right. So changing gears a little bit, you've got players from Canada, you got players from America. We've had some international test matches going on in the last weekend and then this weekend. How much are you watching in this and how much are you in tune with the national teams of Canada and America right now? So, yeah, I, I try to keep as, uh, in tune with it as much as possible. I think the, um, the Canada, especially because we're quite a lot of, of players playing there. So it's good to see how they're getting on and, you know, uh, helps me feed back into their off season and, and yeah take notes for helping them improve, I guess. And yeah. speaking of the international teams, piggybacking that a little bit, we now have the MLR season working around international test window in the upcoming schedule. And during that, you will have a playoff round and then a break for the international test window. What's your thought on that? Oh, it's interesting. Um, I think for the league, uh, it probably makes more sense. You know, you're going to get more summer games. Uh, I think that's important for crowd attendance. Uh, for a coaching staff, it's an nightmare because um, yeah, you know, we're going to lose guys for two weeks, and we've got to figure out how how we regain continuity. Um, you know, if we get that far, we how do we re regain continuity uh, uh, through that with guys away, and you know, obviously there's injury risk now when they go away, so. Yeah, not not easy thing to to get around from a coaching perspective, or or, but uh, I do see where the league's going with that, and um, yeah, I just wish it was a bit more seamless for us from a, from the coaching side. Eh? So I know it's early, it's early stages of this, but but so if you can walk me through this, so you you play the playoff game, and then the players leave. I don't. To be honest, I don't know the intricacies of it, but it's 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 something like that. So you'll you'll play that game. Uh, they'll. I think they play. They generally play two games in that international window. Yeah. If I'm right, two matches. Yeah. So there'll be two two weeks uh, in between there, and I think on the third week will probably be the next the next round. As far as I am aware, you know, we're still waiting um, the the official fixture list and stuff. Right. So I'm not. So I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch, but that's kind of the gist of it. And that's, a, that's pretty much as, as far as, as much as I know, to be honest, okay. I try not to get too invested in the, in the schedule until it's official. Yeah. If you know what I mean? I think these things, they, they change quite a few times before um, it's been rubber stamped. Eh? And you'd imagine that you'd have to lose the players prior to them going to the international test window. So I'm, I, cause they'd have to, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Like, uh, I don't know if that's, yeah, that probably wouldn't be uh, wise from from the international point of view. I know they want them earlier, but I think there needs to be some sort of relationship between the league and and especially the the American and the and the Canadian teams. I think they they need to come to a point where they understand that that they're helping each other. Yeah. You know, even yeah. though they're not in bed with each other, they are helping each other. You know, and I think there needs to be a bit of give and take there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So coach, this is a tough question to ask you, but is there a team out there that's made the off season moves that say that, that register in your head and say, Hey, they're going to be tough to beat. 
I mean, I think everyone's, there's a lot of teams that have done good work. I think Seattle have done some really good work. I think you can you can definitely see that they're trying to strengthen uh, depth and they've signed some 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 solid players up there. Um, I think Utah's been making moves. I think there's there's uh, there's definitely um, some change of the guard there and they, they're bringing a few more players. Uh, I mean, the new teams, I think Miami looks like they've 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 mm. uh, putting themselves in a position to be um, uh, you know, you know, re- really effective in their first year. I think uh, I think it's such a difficult thing when you come into the league for the first time and you're going through a dispersal draft and you're trying to put the squad together. But I think they've done a really good job. You know, they've got some 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 decent signings uh, there that could that could really uh, benefit them. Eh? Good stuff, Coach. We're basically out of time, but I, oh, well. I got to follow up with one one dead horse that I keep beating, and I'm going to ask you right on camera: Have oh. you ever seen Alex Magleby? And Woodie in the same place at the same time. It's the it's the ultimate question, isn't it? We're all wondering. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On that note, Mr. Coach Scott Matthew of the New England Free Jacks, the champion New England Free Jacks. Thank you, sir, for coming on. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it, Matt. Go well. And we'll be right back after this. I wouldn't like to be at the bottom of that. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we're back, and yours truly is wearing an NCR National Collegiate Rugby hat, and I know you're asking out there, hey, Matt. Why are you wearing that NCR National Collegiate Rugby hat? And it's because there are potential MLR players in the upcoming NCR playoffs. And who better to explain all this stuff to us than Mr. Zach Lanning or Lack Zanning, if you're like me, uh, from the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Zach, welcome. And what do you got for us? Well, Matt, super happy to be back. Yeah, we've just been in the middle of our college rugby wrap-up gap year, taking some time to find ourselves. You know, uh, Josh is out in Australia. Uh, I just uh, got married myself. But I got plenty of college action still to chat with you about because uh, it's playoffs, baby. That's what we're, that's what we're here for. It's, uh, it's fall playoffs. doesn't really get better than that. Uh, so we got plenty of action on the men's and women's side across a bunch of divisions, 48 teams on the men's side, four divisions for that title. Uh, their road to the playoffs begin this weekend. Right. It's the road to Houston, right, for the NCR playoffs. Before we get into the men's side of this thing, let's talk about the women who are near their near the end of their journey with the finalists and semifinalists already locked in throughout their divisions. So in the D1 final, uh, it's going to be Michigan taking on Notre Dame College in a rematch of last year's championship battle. Uh, it should be a pretty close uh, game this year, though, Matt. Wolverines breeze through the Big Ten this season. Closest victory for them uh, was a 24-19 to win over uh, a college rugby wrap-up favorite in the University of Iowa. But other than that, they scored 40-plus points in all their regular season matchups and held every one of their opponents to single digits uh, besides Iowa and then also Adrian College in the first Yo, game. Adrian! So, Adrian, they'll come back. Adrian will be back in this discussion as well. Uh, so they'll be playing the playoffs as well, but uh, they played Michigan pretty tough. Either way, though, I do like Michigan in this one. What about D2? So that will be a couple other great matchups. They still have the semifinals to go as well. 
Uh, you'll see Wisconsin Eau Claire in Division Two face off against the number 13 seed, a little bit of a, a dark horse in this one, Illinois, in one semifinal. Uh, well, number two, Coast Guard uh, will take on number seven, Vassar, uh, in the other semi in Division Two. And then you also have Endicott playing St. Bonaventure. Uh, the Bonnie's great on the men's side and also the women's side here in playoff contention. Uh, well, SUNY Cortland is going to play Wisconsin Platteville uh, in the other semi. So Wisconsin, a hotbed uh, for rugby in the country, Matt. They have some pretty solid squads coming out of the state. Let's move on. Some great matchups waiting for us on the men's side in December. Will the men's bracket be able to match it? Yes, Matt, absolutely. I think uh, women have a really good slate of games. Uh, and the men who are just beginning their playoff journeys uh, this coming weekend as well, uh, they're going to be they're really solid teams throughout uh, the you know the different tiers of playoff contention here. They're not a bad matchup uh, in the bunch, which I think is a really great thing to be able to say uh, for college rugby. You know, usually it's uh, uh, you can always tell by reading some of the names who is going to be uh, the victor in those matches. I think. You will see chalk uh, in a lot of these matchups, Matt, but they're going to be very good games. Uh, absolutely. So uh, we could start with last year's champion, uh, Brown University, who are back and ready to defend their title. And they'll be taking on Kutztown uh, in the Battle of the Bears. Now you have the, the Brown Bears versus uh, the Golden Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Stubbles in Houston. But uh, Kutztown, always a tough out. Uh, they struggled a bit this year losing four of their first five, uh, and they dropped their final tilt of the season against Southern Virginia as well. Uh, but they've secured their place by beating Belmont Abbey in the play-in game. Um, and they, again, as I said, Matt, a physical tough out. Uh, I think Brown should make short work of them in this one, but physical style puts down not an ideal matchup uh, for Brown looking to defend their title and having to get through uh, the rest of that playoff slog. So it might take a toll uh, here in, in the opening round, but I think Brown should should be able to escape, uh, you know, with a win in this one. And you got the perennial power Notre Dame College, not to be confused with the University of Notre Dame. That, that's correct. They have uh, forged their own path in the rugby space here. You saw, you heard them mentioned in the women's final. Uh, they're also coming into this one with a pretty good shot at taking home some hardware on the men's side, uh, but they'll have to take on a red-hot Siena College who, as uh, John Bradshaw Layfield would say, ran rickshaw over the Liberty Conference in their first year in Division I, Matt. Uh, they only lost one game, and it was to Brown in the Liberty Conference final, uh, losing 32-7. to So I'd say that's a pretty good first year uh, for Siena. Yeah. And a, a trip to Houston would be a, a huge feather in the cap for that program, uh, but they're going to have to get through Notre Dame College uh, to do so. And no, there are no slouches either. They've tied Army this year. They beat Penn State. Uh, they also beat the Bonnies uh, in the final game of the regular season. So, you know, I, I'd like to call the upset here, Matt, but I think Notre Dame College just too strong uh, for Siena in their first year. And we'd be remiss to not mention that Steve Lewis, the Lizard, is uh, helping coach the Saints, the Siena Saints, this season. Uh, Zach, we're kind of running out of time, but we got a lot more to talk about. Can you give us the skinny? on the remaining stuff in eight seconds or less. Well, Skinny's never been my thing. We'll try and keep it as tight as possible here. Uh, Bonnie's, St. Bonaventure, as I mentioned, uh, taking on the Wheeling Cardinals, who won the Big Rivers this year. That should be a great matchup. Look for the bon St. Bonaventure to come out of that and then potentially upset Brown in the next round after that tough battle between Brown and Kutztown. Uh, then Principia, uh, uh, facing off against Big Ten champs Indiana, 
Principia, a newcomer as well uh, to D1. That, I think, is where you're most right for an upset. Uh, but again, Indiana, very good, solid program throughout. Uh, so that should be it. Uh, but I like St. Bonaventure maybe to, to win the uh, D1 championship this year. Uh, D1AA, pretty competitive field as well. Uh, I do like out of that Kentucky unseating the Virginia Tech uh, Hokies uh, as champions there uh, for D1AA. Uh, a couple other good teams in that conference like Louisville, uh, but Kentucky too hot this year. Uh, they will have to escape a feisty NC State side in the first round, but after that, there should be smooth sailing. And a couple shout outs, Matt, at the end here for D2 and small college. Maine on the rugby map here, University of Maine Black Bears. Oh, look at you. CRC. And I know, and folks, he lives in Maine, so he's a maniac. I am a maniac, as are, uh, it seems, every single rugby program up here firing on all cylinders, uh, winning, as I said, the New England uh, CRC. They'll play the Mark Runners Up Villanova in the first round. Uh, but in that bracket, Matt, I do like IUP uh, to be the victors uh, and facing off against either Northern Iowa or the Mark champion Georgetown after that. Uh, and everything coming up me as well, Matt, and small college, very own Holy Cross Crusaders making the playoff cut after winning the play-in game. Uh, they will take on Colonial Coast champions Endicott in the first round, uh, though I don't see them, Matt, I have to say it. Uh, taking home the gold this year. I think it's a pretty right. tight field in small college. That's uh, why we play the be... games. That's why we play the games. And yours truly will be in Houston for those championships or those playoffs come December. And looking forward to working with the NCR rugby group and seeing all these exciting and potential MLR stars, Zach. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great uh, fertile recruiting ground here. We've seen some collegiate stars. From the likes of St. Bonaventure, Rick Rose, they're missing this year because drafted first overall last year in the MLR. Uh, plenty more Rick Roses where that came from. Uh, and I thought you told me it was this weekend, Matt. That's why I'm here. I booked the tickets. I've been waiting. Uh, so I, I just don't know what you want me to do. I could set up, I guess. But no, it's, it's you know what? You know, you, it's always good to be early. If you're on time for a meeting, you're late. Who said that? Uh, was that, uh, let me see, uh, Confucius? It was Bill Parcells. There we go. The tuna, big tuna. And echoed by Bill Belichick off of that Parcells coaching tree. Do you think Parcells would come out of retirement to save the Giants, man? No, but there's <laughs> a shot that Belichick might be there. And uh, I don't know that you can go back in time like that, especially with players that aren't able to get screamed at. All right. On that note, thank you to Mr. Zach Lanning for coming on and filling us in on potential MLR stars in the NCR Collegiate playoffs we'll be right back after this i wouldn't like to be at the bottom of that this is the rugby odds where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith a wwe legend a rugby star and a supermodel scour the globe seeking best bets and bad behavior are you not entertained with the esteemed Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. Brian, welcome back. How are you? 
Uh, just terrific, Matt. It's been a, a great weekend of rugby, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. Okay, so we had some international tests, and that's probably what you're referring to. And since they're rife with MLR players, give us your skinny. Well, kind of, uh, you know, if you're looking at the two squads, kind of opposite performances, you'd have to say. Canada kind of tanked again, and uh, the Eagles, yeah, they looked all right. They looked about uh, what I expected. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Well, I, I, for Canada, unfortunately, it was the same old. Surprise, surprise. Um, dreadful first half. I mean, shocking, 35-6 to six at halftime. Uh, you know, yeah, they got a couple probably 50-50 calls that went against them, but that happens in rugby. Uh, no adjustment. Defense was terrible. I don't know what the game plan was going forward. Lots of balls kicked straight at Spain. I know the wind was tricky, so maybe change up the game plan or something. Uh, I, I don't know where the positives were in that first half. I think they can look in the second half and say, hey, you know, we outscored them, whatever. But Spain at that point had said, okay, we've won this game. Let's put our subs on the field and get ready for next week, I suppose. So what you're saying is that the wind didn't have any factor in the match, right? And nor did uh, uh, the rain because the rain falls softly on the plane in Spain. Okay. Uh, what else? <laughs> What about the Americans? <laughs> the Eagles, I thought, were kind of what I expected, maybe a little better. I, I, I thought they looked reasonably well. I don't think Scott Lawrence would be thrilled with the number of opportunities they missed. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate that Brazil were not anywhere near what I expected of them. In fact, uh, they looked terrible, you'd have to say. And it didn't help with that just ridiculous referee decision in the second half not to let them play Wilton Rabolo at hooker. I don't care what the administrative uh, whatever was. It was yeah, ludicrous. He came to New York to play in, in the MLR. Was, I mean, what, all they got to do, just look at look at the Google. It was a ludicrous decision. Uh, and anybody who says otherwise can take a hike. But yeah, obviously a, a lot more positives from an Eagles perspective. All right, what about on the home front up there in Canada? You got any news? Well, certainly hearing from uh, from Wales, anyways, that Mr. Howley, Robert Howley, who's been assisting Canada and assisting the Toronto Arrows, is uh, packing his bags once this trip is over, returning to Wales. It doesn't sound like he has a job immediately lined up, but he's had enough of the circus, so off he is uh, back home. And um, you know, I I don't know how to feel how we feel about that. Uh, Certainly came in with a bit of fanfare, but what kind of an impact has he had? Really, you look at the results, and you'd have to say, well, questionable. Um, I, I know there's some, you know, the players certainly spoke highly of him as a coach. How much those coaches, the respective coaches, Pete Smith and and Kingsley Jones, actually listened to what Rob Halley had to say, you know, on, on attack, he was certainly. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I've heard some different kind of comments about that, whether his ideas were actually implemented, whether his selection ideas were implemented. I know he didn't entirely see eye to eye with, uh, with those ultimate decisions. So, you know, I, on one hand, I think the tendency for most people observing this would be to say, Howley didn't do a great job. On the other hand, I think you have to cut him a little slack because he wasn't the head coach. We, we, we wish him well. On that note, Brian Ray, anything else before we let you go? 
Yeah, a couple of shout outs to some championship winning teams. Uh, Midwest Premiership champions, St. Louis Bombers, captained by Marnus Spangenberg. They had Nick Feeks and Emmanuel Albert playing with, with them as well. So congrats to them for that. And the ARP winners, I think maybe unexpected life running Eagles, pulling it off again after what's been a a really disappointing offseason in Atlanta. Life getting it done. Ross Deacon, the skipper, leading them to a win over what was a, you know, on paper, a pretty stacked Mystic Riverside. Shout outs to them. Uh, well done. And on that note, we are out of time. Thank you, Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. Thank you to John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning. Thank you to New England Free Jacks head coach, Scott Matthew. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including the critically acclaimed The Rugby Odds, a college rugby wrap-up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Please join our weekly newsletter. And please sign up for our American Red Cross blood donor team.